0: Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off a roll of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan.
1: And I'm Cody.
0: How's it going, Cody?
1: It's, it's it's you know, man, it's, uh you know, it's pretty... End of the year stress? <laughs> you know, it's going fine right now for me. It's oh, because I, I got
0: the end of the year stress with, um, we have six projects and three people to actually work on these six projects.
1: Um, I kind of have that a little bit right now. I just, my schedule's just weird is what and it is. And
0: the total um, hours for all these projects combined is over a couple thousand, so, you
1: know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> feeling great. Feeling very great.
1: <laughs> I, I understand. I yep. understand that feeling. More than a feeling. Uh, anyways, what have you been up to? Um. Okay. So I actually have been up to something. Which. Okay.
0: Because th- we're saving the other stuff for bonus episode. I just really want to hear about the other stuff. Well, right, right, right. So, right, right. Been- so there's <laughs>
1: there's bonus episode stuff, but I'm not going to talk about that. Okay. Cool. But- what I I wanted to talk about was um. I, okay. So there's a movie that that I need to I need to tell you about. Oh. Which what? is um uh you need to watch Speed Racer. The movie. We literally talked
0: about this. What like, last week was that?
1: Was it? I don't know. I watched it again, and man, do I still love Speed Racer!
0: I'd never seen the movie. I like I said last week. I saw the car. I watched a lot of the cartoon as a kid.
1: Yeah, I think you'll like the movie then, because it's like pretty um but i don't
0: i don't if speed racer meant hot wheels is what it is
1: well i mean speed racer kind of is already hot wheels no they
0: drove across the plains. really is all they did in the cartoon is they drove across the plains
1: because that that was cheap to do yeah it it was just to draw the same background and just show a car
0: a couple of cars going across the same background because they could just it's not rotoscoping but just like pull the background across
1: Th- that was that was yeah i think that was mostly a decision made for efficiency yeah was
0: and then every now that he would jump his car over something or have the saw blades come out of the front of his car
1: yeah yeah which is like all stuff that is in the movie okay. but it's actually just a really good movie it's weird it's a strange movie and i understand why maybe it was not well received when it first came out but it's a
0: strange movie it's the wachowskis though a lot of the movies are not well received but are actually good movies like it sure is
1: yeah it's just like it's it's a surprisingly like nice movie Really, like i don't know it's just very to me it's a very uplifting movie and a very fun one and i and i think it it deserves better than the criticism that is generally like levied against it i think you know Uh so watch
0: speed racer is it on a streaming
1: service i can watch i have a dvd of it
0: okay so i'll just have to find it somewhere
1: yeah
0: well all right
1: i I tried to find it on a streaming service and then i didn't find it on a streaming service
0: (laughs) kind of like how we were gonna do the um what was it the friday the 13th movies that were just like we can't find the first few
1: yeah yeah very much like that. I actually have
0: not watched a horror movie yet for a spooky season, which is kind of oh, sad because we're eight days in.
1: Oh, I've been watching. Okay, so today I watched a bunch. Okay, so it's Jeez. all of, like, the ones that I love and hate are mostly what I've been watching. Like, um, well, I'm watching Don't Be Afraid of the Dark right now. That's legitimately good. That's The, the original?
0: or the, Oh, no. the Oh, wait. Don't Be Afraid of the Dark are scary stories to no, Don't Be
1: Afraid of the Dark. It's it's a Guillermo del Toro movie. It's really good. It's, like, top-tier, one of my so favorites. So it's not
0: the original one that was in, the, like, the 60s. That is a horrible no. movie. Okay, so actually, no. I have a story to tell about Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. That freaking movie is, like... one. So my mom doesn't like horror movies, right? And so, like, apparently, because she watched Don't Be Afraid of the Dark by herself, and it scared the crap out of her. And so she's been talking about... How Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, the original one, which is 1973, the original one, scared the crap out of her. It, and such a scary movie. And since I like horror movies and stuff like that, like, I should watch it and it will scare me and all of this. And so, like, I'm like, okay. It's like, if it's on, like, the level of, like, a poltergeist or an exorcist, like, it'll be, like, a decently, like, scary movie. And I'll enjoy it. Not even remotely scary. It's just really dumb. And it's about, like, this woman who is like being haunted by these like little these tiny onion-headed men who like at the very pretty much just kidnap her and that's the that's the whole movie they kidnap her at the very end and that's all. And okay, so Okay, this
1: is basically the same movie. It's just Guillermo del Toro did a really good yeah, job on well, it. But
0: apparently no in the movie I'm pretty sure they made that woman and a child so it was kind of scarier cuz it was from the point of view of a child rather than like a 30-year-old woman.
1: Yeah, and I mean it's also just it's like one of my favorite directors, so it's well, not yeah, Guillermo
0: like, del Toro is fantastic.
1: It's not like he's gonna screw it up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man, these monsters look way scarier than the original Onion
1: headed Hold on. They're not really. There's not. They're not really in it though. Like they're.
0: Okay. Look up pictures. Just type in "Don't Be Afraid of the Dark" 1973, and you'll see the pictures of the Onion Headed Mods. Well, they're more like a uh, dried walnut. <laughs> It's just, it's just, that movie is so bad.
1: Oh, it already looks bad. It's so, it's so bad. It's not, it like, so I watched it with my mom and she
0: talked about how scary it was. And then I looked at like, you were scared of this? And she's like, okay, maybe it was a lot scarier when I was younger. I'm like,
1: it's not scary. <laughs> it's like yeah, just, that just looks like a scrotum. <laughs> Pretty much. Those just looks like they have little scrotum heads. Okay, um, so,
0: so you watched "Don't Be Afraid of the Dark." What else you got?
1: Um. Okay, I watched both of the babysitter movies, which I are need on to Netflix. Watch those
0: I have not watched those yet.
1: Um. I don't know. I like them, but they're kind of like a guilty pleasure movie for me. That's fine. I'm
0: um. Fine. Horror. Horror is a guilty pleasure. <laughs>
1: And then there was one more that I want to bring up, and I need to I need to look up the name. Hang on, hang on. Great podcasting, I know, but give me I, one second. Dude,
0: there's this thing called editing that I do every week, and I make you sound good.
1: I mean, I appreciate that. <laughs> that was that was that was my best shit. Oh yeah, here it is. Here it is. Uh a frick. No, it's just uh no, I don't want a banner head. I just want to know oh, the name yeah, of the movie. Tell me.
0: Just tell me what it is. Oh,
1: it's the The Haunting um of hill house or just the haunting? well it's called the haunting but it is the haunting of hill house um it's the 1999 movie oh starring um it's got oh gosh what's the guy that was in, in batman begins the the villain um liam neeson liam neeson it's got liam neeson in it what it i've never heard of this it's got uh Catherine zeta jones yes and it, it does has, um oh, owen wilson, wilson. What? Wait, and he actually goes, "Wow." He does the Owen Wilson "Wow" for no reason, and it's not a comedy. And a a horror. Owen Wilson's in a horror movie? Yeah, like a straight-up horror movie. And he walks in, and he's like, "Wow, this house is so weird." Wow. And I'm like, "You do a really good Owen Wilson." Don't say "Wow," Owen Wilson. It's not the time for you. Like, it's literally your thing.
0: Why are you doing this (laughs) in a horror movie? Wow. Yeah. This movie looks awful. I want to see it right now.
1: I just want to know if a director ever, like, took Owen Wilson aside and they're like, hey, Owen, look, just could you, I know in the script it says wow, but could you just go wow instead of going wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Could you, like, like, enthusiastically scream it maybe anything or like wow, like something, man. Something. I know that you are neon white, but could you just say, wow, with any emotion at all, <laughs> other than Owen Wilson? Wow. No.
0: Ah! Just don't be yourself, please. Thank you. Okay, we're good.
1: Like, imagine you just got a new bicycle or you, you you know, uh, you saw someone you cared about for the first time or you, you saw something beautiful. What would you do? wow (laughs) no owen
0: no wow that's hilarious i need to see this Think back to
1: the first time you saw fireworks wow (laughs) oh and no so it was the best horror
0: movie you've ever seen is what you're saying
1: um it is it is one of the funnier ones that's not um i mean poltergeist is one of the
0: funnier ones i've seen it's still the best movie i've best horror movie i've ever seen
1: poltergeist isn't exactly even a horror movie i don't know whor- poltergeist i love like i i have no nothing bad to say about it but i think it is trying to be funny it's Seuss. Seriously- oh and then i watched gothica Oh, Which was weird. I've, never,
0: okay, I've never seen Gothica because as a child, I was a little weenie and was afraid of everything. So my dad and brother watched it while I sat at my room because I was so scared of it. And now that I like horror, I really want to see if it was worth staying in my room by myself because it probably wasn't.
1: This is one of those unicorn moments where maybe just let it live in infamy. what in it mind? be this
0: super scary thing because it's yeah. really not. Okay. I really want to see nah. it because I just want to see it's like did I have a right to be terrified of this movie, or is it just really dumb?
1: <laughs> no, it's it's uh, it's uh not terrible. It's weird. There's a character who plays a villain where I'm like, really? That guy? That's all right. <laughs>
0: That's who you chose? I can't find it anywhere. That's why I still haven't watched it, because I've been wanting to see it for a while.
1: HBO Max.
0: I don't want to pay for another streaming service, even though I heard- I didn't
1: either, and I didn't pay for it. <laughs> Probably should have said that on <laughs> the I mean, a family member uh, okay. paid for I, it. I I don't know. I heard
0: that HBO Max has been killing it recently. So I kind of want to but then also I don't want another streaming service cuz I already have Let me tell you Hulu what. both to and Netflix. I uh
1: I think I'm done with Lovecraft Country as a show.
0: Like done because it's finished or done liking it.
1: No, I just don't like it. Whoa. Um yeah, I It's hard to like this is maybe worth cutting out. But, I don't well, know. I mean, I, I
0: literally don't have anything that's non-bonus material to talk about other than we watched the first two episodes of Warrior Nun, and I actually really liked it. Oh, Because it's that dumb kind of,
1: you know, oh. you know, I like
0: that kind of stuff a lot. Do you
1: know how far I got into Warrior Nun? 20 minutes. About, about 15, 20 minutes, and I was yeah. like, nope.
0: <laughs> I got, we got two episodes in, of, and we're both just like, this is dumb enough to love. Uh, <laughs> Anyways keep going So why don't you like so my, Lovecraft i
1: This is tricky And I don't know If I'm right to say This But okay so As long as it's not uber
0: political I think we'll be fine
1: It's not uber political It's just like It's not I don't know it, You can decide whether or not you want to cut this out No no no, no. So I'm gonna let you
0: burn yourself Go.
1: They gender swap some characters which at first is fine but the problem is they rewrite some characters to have flaws that then worsen the fact that they gender swapped some characters like what do you mean give me an example so um in the story there's this married couple who i really like and the whole point of this couple is the husband is a stay-at-home dad who writes a book, and his wife is like a, um, I'm trying to think, of it. she's like a researcher, like, I say researcher, I don't mean academically, I mean like literally she goes out in the field and looks at stuff okay. for the book that he writes, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they're like a team, they work on this project together, and um, their son is like an artist who and this is like spoilery a little bit but this is also like first five minutes spoilery so it's not like i don't care
0: about this spoilers. is the setup no, no, not so the. keep going
1: so and their son uh like writes a comic book that's like unambiguously about his mom right so she goes off on you know adventures so he writes her as like a it's like a a space opera centered around a character that's loosely based on his mom, right? And it's like little kid and cute, so it's like her fighting monsters or whatever. And so in the show, this married couple exists, except they make the husband sexist, the wife resent her husband, and they make the son a daughter. The problem with that for me is that one of the coolest things about that relationship was that it it was it was a subversion already. Yeah, the son didn't look up. The son liked his dad, and the dad was a great character and heroic in his own right. But his mom was the one that went off and had adventures, while the dad stayed at home and was more domestic. And they were all very comfortable with this arrangement. So, um, there's like a cute moment where he's like a comic book fan, right? Yeah. and his mom like is sees him reading comics and she's like well why aren't there ever ever any comics about women so then he writes her a comic book about women and like gives her these comic books and so they do the same thing but i'm like well it's a different thing It, it presents a different thing when you have a little girl writing herself into comic books which is like totally a cool thing to do but i actually thought it was a cool moral to show that a son could see his mother as being heroic. Yeah. Yeah. And that I she could be the adventurous one. And it was already, to me, a very solid statement on gender relations. Yeah, I, I think to you have this little boy. Well, if I'm just
0: standing on the outside yeah. looking in. I think you're correct on that. That it's already And good. they
1: just kind of like kneecapped that to me. And then there was another relationship that, like, in the story, and this is like kind of tricky because there's like the language of the time versus the language now right Mm -hmm. so there is a relationship that you you would just describe as abusive right like to me and you it looks like domestic abuse yeah but at the time it was just like that's called being a stern parent right and what i liked about it was that in the story there's never a larger excuse for that violence just there is a character whose dad is violent. When he gets mad with his kid, he beats his kid. Jeez. And it's like a lot of the story is about them like being like, like his, his kid's an adult now, right? Yeah. So it's like you see them interacting after all of this, after they've been like physically having altercations for half of their, you know, half of this kid's life. Mm-hmm. You see their relationship as adults. Yeah. And I thought it was. Appropriate for the time that they never framed it or phrased it as abuse. Yeah, because that was just how people act. Like
0: that's what they they made it.
1: Yeah, it's it's set during like the sixties. Like beating your kid wasn't abuse back. It was, but it wasn't called that. That was a way that parents behaved. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was way more commonplace. And in the book, they really give a very good reason. For why this character acts this way towards his son. And it's like, it's understandable, and you see how it's like violence begetting violence begetting violence, and it doesn't come from nowhere. And it isn't even necessarily that he hates his son, it's just like they're on a horrible train ride that leads to certain places, right? Yeah. Um and to me, that's a lot more realistic and a lot more valuable as like a character study to see this is how like abuse can perpetuate itself and the results of it but in the show they just kind of make that character an alcoholic so that there's a reason for that character to be abusive and i'm like no it wasn't alcohol it was this character's life was horrible like that character was fed through a meat grinder and the result of that is he's a violent and angry person it has nothing to do with alcohol, you know? Yeah. But that's, I think, too much to explain. So they're like, we'll make him an alcoholic. I'm like, that's never that character would have never touched alcohol because it would have been letting his guard down. <laughs> like Yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. And there's just been like enough little changes like that that feel like they're missing the spirit of the book to try to be like either edgy or like pay lip service to being progressive while missing very like positive messages that were in the book before you know yeah i mean i'll I'll give it a try because i
0: haven't read the book yet or even seen the show because again i don't have hbo so
1: read the book book is real good i'll i want to do both
0: but yeah i i I get what you're saying and like it's that kind of thing that i don't like because they they when they remake stuff they always do that where they try to make it more palatable i guess quote unquote rather than actually following the source material we'll try, try yeah, to make it, it more tv worthy i guess Rather, so there are some things where like like they try to action up where they don't need to action something up or they try to like yeah. make a certain character act a certain way or like look a certain way when like that character was not described as being like sexy and they try to give them like make them sexy it's like
1: they just a person. They did that a little bit to one of the characters. There was, like, a woman that was described as, like, confident and kind of, like, like I don't want to say nutty, but kind of. Like, she's kind of a zany character. And they're like, what if her character is hot pants? Like, well, okay. Like, maybe that's how she would have dressed, but that really wasn't the description of her. But okay. <laughs> oh, geez.
0: Okay, Cody. Well, we got to get to the show because the real conversation I want to have is after this so what was last week cody this one should be easy for you
1: uh last week was oh gosh it was something weird that i did oh it was the um uh
0: it was the cyberpunk yes, world was where you did wacky races and i did convolution <laughs> but what else is new
1: um this have you done a, is this world simple for you this week jordan or is this also really it's, convoluted
0: yes and no I'll talk about it and I'll talk talk about it once we like get into it so this week is anime world I did not go nearly as convoluted last time we did anime worlds um so I I did a little bit I I tried to keep it a little bit closer but but first I want to talk like we I said last week I kind of want to do like you know talk about the topic before we really get into it because I like the idea of like describing kind of what we were going for so Cody what does an anime world be to you? I feel like this is a little um, bit harder to buckle down on.
1: It was for me for like a minute. And then like, this is one where I didn't have anything for a long time. And then I was like, well, I had like a kind of like moment of inspiration. And then I was like, Oh, I got it. And so, um, for me, like an anime world is, it's kind of like an adventure an adventure world, like there's always reasons why these main characters it's like high melodrama put into a quest, yes. you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and that's exactly what um, I was kind of
1: focusing on for mine, but I'll get to that in a second. It's like the world feels like it's built around a need for these big emotional moments. Um, and it, there's usually like some kind of physical I, I'm saying this partially because I just watched FLCL Progressive, but I think this is wait, well, you watched Progressive? Like, yeah,
0: I told you to watch Alternative.
1: Did I watch the wrong Did one? Did you watch
0: the one with the high school girls? Or do you watch the one with the singular high school girl with the cat ears? Well, cat
1: cat ear headphones. The one with the high school girls. The clerk. four
0: the four girls. Okay, yes. you watched the right one.
1: <sighs> I think that's progressive. No, that's
0: alternative. Cody, are you serious going to question me who's watched it four times? Anyway, Are you really going to question watched, me
1: who's watched it four times? I just watched FLCL Alternative. Um... And it had this thing where, like, the almost the landscape becomes a metaphor for some kind of melodrama. Um, but I think that's true in a lot of animes, where there's always, like, a need to physically manifest some big emotional thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and I think that's a lot of what makes anime appealing.
0: That's progressive. Is this the that's one I was supposed
1: Okay, I did not watch. Yes, I know program. you
0: didn't. Don't don't come at me.
1: I think that's no, Cody. Don't come at me. <laughs> but, <anyways. laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's what I would say. Is it's it's one where um, maybe the metaphor of emotion takes place over the reality of it.
0: I think it can be that. I think that that fits like fully, fully. Uh, sorry, alternative and well, fully, fully. And I think that does fit a lot of anime being made now. But I guess. For me, since I am kind of, this is going to be like you during Noir episode, I'll kind of break it down. So anime, I think to me, it does fit that like it's a world where adventuring and where like you have, you know, like there's kind of like a balance between good and evil and there's an adventure and it can be that. I think that's more of the general idea for anime, but anime is broken down into multiple different genres, which is actually based on the age group rather than the uh the age group and the um gender rather than um the actual job like um like sci-fi that's very stuff. true so like anime is broken down you like the most general breakdowns are shonen, shojo and seinen. Shonen is fo- targeted at um young boys like from like elementary to middle school age, maybe a little bit older to like, high school age shojo is focusing on young girls and then seen in is more of the adult stuff so like a shojo would be like your naruto your bleach um a sh- sorry shonen would be your naruto your bleach a shojo would be like your fruits baskets and shojo usually is more of like a romance romantic comedy type thing um and then CNN would be more like your cowboy bebop your um ghost in the shell stuff like Focusing on adults of adult problems type of thing. So I think I think generally, like when we say anime, the first thing that comes to mind is more of the shonen idea, where it's like young kids with some sort of power adventuring into the world to fight against their bad guys or their evil in order to solve an issue. And sometimes in that there can be like, you know, ideas like the cycle of violence or like talking about coming of age or what it means to grow up like with fully Cooly*, and but that's to me is just anime is I, I guess more of like it's more of an exaggerated genre than most things so like you get a lot of like exaggerated like plots exaggerated like motives and exaggerated like abilities and stuff like with dragon ball z you can have people literally blow up a planet so But anyway, that's just my breakdown. So I guess what I tried to go for for this one was I tried to fit it specifically in Shonen and like have a world that was for the main point adventuring, but you could have it so your characters can power up and like you could have your chosen one character, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Well, first of all, it's interesting that you bring up like what shonen anime is because that's a term i've heard and i freaking had no idea what it meant and i just never googled it you know um and and so like i actually appreciate you explaining it because i didn't know that <laughs> like it was just a term that i had heard like i heard someone talking about i think it was naruto yeah. or something in relation to shonen anime and i'm like is that like a brand <laughs> i just well, didn't know yeah, and that's the um,
0: biggest things you'll get like with naruto one piece bleach and all that were part of the shonen jump which is actually the specific magazine that releases a chapter of each of these things every week so so you'll hear like shonen jump or like this but actually the shonen jump is the magazine that these are released in weekly
1: gotcha and then that just like largely then got applied to more types of anime so so yeah and
0: and actually a lot of them because a lot of anime is either weekly or monthly um more often now like the bigger ones are monthly but like they'll be released in a magazine like shonen jump is released every week um there's i forget what the other the monthly one is but full metal alchemist was a monthly one that was released every month in a magazine with a bunch of other ones so they're all they all belong to different properties kind of like an xbox playstation type thing where they're all releasing video games but different ones hold different properties
1: yeah, that welcome makes
0: sense. Welcome to anime. Welcome to Anime Talk Order with the guy who spent way too much of his life looking at anime.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's it's good to know. I inadvertently made a Shoujin world without meaning shonen. to. Or sho world rather. Yeah.
0: So Cody, I guess it is time to roll for ah, oh, crap. Roll for initiative. I dropped my dice as soon as I said that. I just threw it off the table.
1: <laughs> well, I rolled a two. Oh, so pretty much
0: whatever I roll is going to win. I rolled a Let's seven. Tire a one. <laughs> so
1: enjoy going yeah, first. Yeah, it's like
0: no matter what I roll, I beat you. <laughs> it's like, but okay, so mine. So I kind of wanted to do something a little bit different this week. I know, and I'll get to this towards the end, but I know like usually in the world, I like, I write pretty much the story that will be like the story of the world. And this time I kind of wanted to leave it more open. So I did my world and kind of like, you know, made a bad guy that can be in there. But I try to make it more open that if anybody wanted to like write in the world or maybe run something in this world that you can, that I'm not telling you the only story that has to exist in this world. So I do that. But then at the end, I tell the story that I would want to tell. So but anyways, and then also title wise, I call this. So you want to go on an adventure because I know a lot more recently we have there like these longer kind of more dumb titles like that one time i was reincarnated as a slime is the title of an anime or we have like so you're not supposed to pick up girls in a dungeon which i don't think that's the exact title but that's another anime so i wanted to like kind of do my title like what the animes coming out today are where it's like these long kind of just dumb sounding titles but anyways this is this is my area of expertise mr noir guy
1: i'm i'm already worried we did the same world (laughs) I mean, we could have similar, but we'll it's not see. gonna be the same. Anyways, we'll see. This will I'm be excited. focusing
0: on the adventuring school, Aria. Okay. Oh no, Cody. Oh no. Well, at least I get to go first. So I'm original. You're not. The land of Amakaze was once a beauty to behold. Its massive landscape was verdant and thriving with life. Crystal clear lakes spread throughout the land like capillaries. Humans inhabited the land using the magics that existed to create their homes. That is, until a white light centered around the lands of Orn propagated throughout Amakaze, destroying more than 75% of all life. This was the day of the Orn Cataclysm. In the north of Amakaze, a relatively small circle of verdant land still exists. This is the home of the last surviving humans called Paradise Forest. The humans that survived outside of the forest during the Orn Cataclysm escaped to the forest for refuge, begging those who already inhabited that land to let them in. After such destruction, it would be inhuman not to let the refugees into the land, so those of Paradise obliged. Out of fear of venturing out into the now-wasted lands, the people of Paradise split the lands evenly so that they could all live peacefully, avoiding potential land squabbles. Some lived in the trees, some on the ground in cabins or tents, and some lived along the rivers. Since most governments were dissolved in the Cataclysm, a group of elders were elected to guide the now-united people of Paradise, but there was still the question of the Wasted Lands. The humans did not want to venture out, fearing that they could possibly cause a second cataclysm. They left the Wasted Lands alone for decades until finally the young curious minds took to the wasteland for adventure, ignoring the laws of paradise and the warnings of the elders. The adventurers who dove into the waste did not find the keys for the end of the world. Instead, they found a bitter, dead land. The formerly green landscape was now a brown and dust-laden barren land. Mountains, valleys, canyons, and all sorts of landscapes existed in Amakaze before the cataclysm. They all still stood there, but the life that covered them no longer existed. The crystalline flowers that used to be all sorts of vibrant color are are now a lifeless, opaque glass. The adventurers felt a strange pull from these flowers, but ignored them. The adventurers traveled through the waste and found that though the cataclysm wiped out all life, some structures from the old world still existed. The Orn Kingdom was semi advanced, having created massive buildings and monuments. But even outside of the kingdom, the adventurers still found houses and other buildings that were still standing despite being in complete ruin. The ruins of the waste came from the five former countries Orn, Maul, Lielm, Meyer, and Arcee. The ruins of Orn, being the most massive, sit amongst the now-wasted plains. Its towers and monuments lay in ruin. Maul is a small, ruined structure that sits at the bottom of a deep canyon. Liaom sits high in the mountains of Amakaze and is covered in ice and snow. Myer is now a ruined, swap land that is flooded by the very rivers that used to run through it. Finally, Arcee, the sky capital, once a vast city that floated in the wind, has since crashed into the ground no longer being held up by the white crystal flowers. The Orn Cataclysm did not completely suck life out of Amakaze. The sky during the day remains a vibrant crystal blue that reveals the stars even during the brightest hours. At night, the sky dances with color, displaying what the adventurers call the Ghost Lights of Orn. Though the adventurers looked, they found not one living human soul. The Cataclysm took everyone with it. If someone did manage to survive, they would not have lasted long, lasted for long as the rivers that did not dry up were now dark purple and toxic to humans. The adventurers that led the first expedition out into the wastes returned to Paradise as heroes. They showed off the treasures they found and told stories of the dangerous beasts they fought. This only excited the youth of Paradise, each of them begging to go out into the wastes and start their own adventure. Because not every adventurer who left paradise returned, the elders were very wary of this. That is until the two most famous of the adventurers, Marcus and Jess, decided to start the school of adventure, Aria. Anyways, that is my first part.
1: Well, we didn't do the same thing. So, yeah, that's
0: good. I. you always say, I think we did the same thing. It's like, I'm pretty sure you cannot match what's in my head because, like, I just pull from everywhere. <laughs>
1: It has happened like before.
0: twice. Um, like twice ever. <laughs> out of, a, yeah, and out of 107 episodes, it's only happened
1: twice. <sighs> All right. So my world is called the Safe Quest Institute. And I'm going to start off by describing a pamphlet that a lot of families receive in the mail from the Safe Quest Institute. Okay, really
0: quick. I um, will say that I think this is just conjecture on my part. I think that because anime is targeted at younger kids, that's why a lot of it is like takes place at schools. Oh, I, yeah, I think I that's mean, why. cuz like I will yeah. say a good eh, 50 to 75% of the anime's like, like I watched or have something to do with school.
1: I also think frequently um I feel like those are the ones that also seem to get translated less mm-hmm. often, but they exist. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, well, and I guess that's sort well, of circumstantial. It was what it was like when I was watching anime growing up. It was like Bleach and Dragon Ball Z. And well, Tenchi was like well, a school based Yeah, one. Bleach. Like I mean, he goes aged. to
0: school, but it doesn't necessarily. Um,
1: Does he go to school in Bleach? I never watched yeah,
0: he, Bleach he is a high school student
1: i thought that he killed demons. yes it doesn't yeah matter. he is a,
0: he is a high school student who kills demons what are you talking about this is I anime
1: did not i've never this seen is ani- like you say it's, it's like this-
0: as if that's a weird idea this is anime anything happens
1: i just thought it was i just thought he had yeah. a sword i didn't yeah, he know. transforms
0: into the guy holding so anyways it doesn't matter
1: um all right so this is a pamphlet that would be received by a lot of families there's usually two parts one for the parents one for the kids okay. Uh, I'm going to read the kids' part first. When you open the kids' pamphlet, you see a lot of really big, colorful pictures of, like, awesome-looking weapons and, like, swords. Mm. There's guns all over it. There's, like, magic items and amazing creatures. And this is the text. And I'm going to read it with a little bit of flavor because this is um, how I imagine the text should be read when you read it. Hey, dude, you ready to blast off in your first adventure? Once you're 13, you know you're ready to go on a real quest and save the day. And the world needs you. SQI is here to make sure you get matched with the right quest. Want to slay monsters? We got you, bro. Want to discover something new? You know we got that. Want to discover the mysterious source of a curse in an idyllic village? There is plenty of places in need of saving by mature people like you. That's where SQI comes in. We are contracted to match the right adventurer with the right quest. We want to make sure you become a hero, not a zero. But don't worry, you will face real danger and real stakes. Also, enroll in our summer arms and accessories camps to have the cutting edge over the competition. Alright, this is the section for the parents. The pictures here are a lot different, they're a lot happier... There's, like, smiling kids in pastoral fields. There's, like, people running Ooh. hand in hand. <laughs> There's doves. It's very nice. Parents, we know that your new teen is probably chomping at the bit to have an adventure. Well, don't worry. We here at the Safe Quest Institute are here oh to help. Gosh. You can select from one of hundreds of pre-scripted adventures to send your teen on. All adventures are 100% guaranteed safe. With only the simulation of danger. Do not forget to check out our optional romances. We know that young people have a habit of getting themselves into trouble. We are here to let them think that they are. Let them think that they're saving the world while actually doing what amounts to a very involved summer camp. The alternative is run the risk of unsanctioned adventures that could result in physical, mental, or mystical damage done to your children.
0: I, I like this so far. I like the idea of, yeah, kid, you're going to have some fun. So, yeah, your kids are actually just going to, you know, go out and have, like, a summer camp.
1: So, my initial, like, inspiration for this was, um, what pamphlet did Ash oh my gosh get that let her have ash catch him go and fight the mob because like somewhere she got some literature that was like hey let your kid become a polka trainer the danger is only kind of real it's fine he's like what 12 go nuts like just walk down the road 12 year old you won't get hit by a car it's fine don't worry about it um like the
0: first episode he gets struck by lightning doesn't he
1: the first episode he screams at a thunderstorm that he will defeat the the evil he, he screams at a storm that he will kill nature in the first episode. it is insanity I forgot how crazy that speech was um So this is this is like pretty high level but um so for world shop you know it's like called world shop in this case it's centered around an island called lore. Um, my idea here is that, you know how, like, in every anime that isn't specifically about Japan, it just kind of ends up feeling like, well, seems like it's really set in some version of Japan, you know what I mean? Um, so that's kind of like my idea. It's, It's not literally Japan but the scenery is very the same, you know? It's an island, not too big. There's a few distinct regions, you know? Well, I mean, I will um, say, it's
0: like how but American comics are like, every place looks like New York or Chicago.
1: Yeah, 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 it's like Gotham. Like, yeah, or Metropolis. Where's like, where's a Metropolis, yeah. that, that feels familiar yeah. to me. Hmm. You mean the one in the middle of the country? <laughs> hmm. This feels personal now. Anyways, what were you say Um... So I imagine it being, like, very mountainous. Um, There's, like, a lot of places to explore. You know, travel's really common. Um, I like the idea of it also being a place with a lot of ancient history that would be, like, buried far underneath, you know. But it is, to me, the time period would be, like, fairly modern at this point. Um, And it just so happens, though, that part of the culture of this place is kids going on adventures because, you know, again loosely based on anime um so really the the set dressing of the actual world is fairly plain like i i I imagine there would be stuff external to it but any of the stories would just take place in kind of this like smaller contained nation where sqi is a part of it but really like the geography of it is basically just it's an island so not a lot to stay on geography so I will
0: say sounds of it. We wrote like very similar styles of world where it's very close. I mean, mine's like a barren what wasteland I mean. that you go adventuring to yours is like an island, but still like the idea of adventuring schools and kids being able to go on adventures. Well, we'll get there, but I think we wrote very similar.
1: <laughs> uh, I think we didn't.
0: Oh, I'm scared to see. I am scared <laughs> to see, see what the rest of yours is. So this time, mine takes a turn. mine doesn't mine stays like pretty basic this is going to be an anime world um so i will say for my next part i actually tried to focus on flora there's a little fauna on there but i actually tried to focus on flora and fauna a little bit more than i usually do so here we go as the years go on life slowly begins to return to the waste plants are beginning to grow again poking out of the dry soil the swamp of Mire is filled with life, it seems to strive off the toxic purple water. With life growing, the elders hope that the energy will return to the crystalline flowers. Amakaze is home of the crystalline flowers, naturally growing flowers that are made up of a crystal lattice structure. The crystalline flowers can be of all different colors but are seemingly the source of magic within Amakaze. The flowers hold power within them and have been picked and processed in order to access that power. The old kingdom of Orn used to use these flowers in excess in order to power their cities and their weapons, amongst other things. Arcee used the white flowers of the wind to float. Liam used silver flowers to create vehicles to travel through the snow and to build up the ice wall around their city. Meyer used the blue flowers to control the flow of water and generate power to their people. Finally, Maul used the brown flowers to traverse the canyons, digging deep caverns to find or even bury treasure. Each different flower stores within it a different magical power. Red flowers can grant the power of fire, blue, water, yellow, electricity, brown, earth, and so on. The people of Orn found that by crushing these flowers down and combining them, rather than depending on their singular properties, you can control a multitude of powers. They were mixing magics which people now believe could have led to the cataclysm. The Elders of Paradise warn against using any item found in the Waste that could have combined magics, but the adventurers choose to ignore this warning. One of the more famous items is a pure black crystalline sword that was found in Orn, called the Midnight Peril. All of the adventurers say that this sword is filled with, the pow- with powerful magics, but yet no one has been able to utilize it. See where I'm going with that? <laughs> Anime! The truth behind the crystalline flowers is that they do not hold magic, but, insto- but instead, they absorb the energy around them. For example, if they absorb heat, then they will gain power over fire. Or say they were struck by lightning, they can control electricity. Once they absorb that energy, they propagate that energy and spread it to other flowers. In Amakaze, flowers of red, green, blue, yellow, white, and silver naturally exist. Before the cataclysm, the waste was filled with all sorts of colored flowers, fields of them, but after the white light, all the flowers in the waste have become clear again. Since there is barely life in the crystalline flowers, they try to absorb the life around them. If humans approach the clear crystal crystals, they could possibly lose their life force and die. The flowers that have absorbed life energy glow with the radiant light, but the elders have forbidden the use of life energy for any purpose there's so much more of this these days in the waste some humans (laughs) use the magic from the colored flowers to spread magic to the clear flowers and use them to create items of even greater magic of the same element type though a new purple flower has been growing in the swamp area no one knows what magic these flowers hold yet and avoid them for now there are other dangers that exist in the waste it's not all fun games and magic crystal flowers if you try to venture in the waste you better be on your toes in the waste, after the cataclysm, most life was wiped out, except the reptiles and insects. The cataclysm gave them power and they grew to monstrous proportions. Some would compare the reptiles to the dinosaurs on earth. These new monstrous beasts are vicious and attack humans upon sight. They are the perfect hunters and because of nature, because of the nature of the waste, they are always hungry. Some swim in the poison rivers, some fly in the sky, others travel across the plains. If you want to survive in the Waste, you must be strong and willing to take on these monsters. No one enters the Waste without knowing how to use a... Wow, my grammar sucks. Use a crystalline flower or even having a weapon or item they specialize with. But more people are adventuring into the Waste thanks to the Adventuring School Aria. And that's my second part.
1: Uh, Yeah, we did something different. It's cool. We did something very different.
0: Okay, cool. But yeah, I really wanted to kind of go in and like create like the powers... not really over explain the powers in this world but like create how they're made because like dragon ball z you just have somehow goku can shoot energy out of his hands even though he wasn't able to do that until like halfway through the original dragon ball like i wanted to be able to kind of explain like have a reason like naruto like they didn't explain it till like the second series like the time skip series and then they didn't truly explain until the very end
1: (laughs) I just thought everyone had ninja powers. Yeah, I-, I thought it was. I thought like some kind of ninja magic was just like yeah. They ninja all can magic. control
0: their chakra, but then at the very end, they ex- well, then they like over the time they explain how the chakra and stuff works, and then at the very end, they explain where that came from.
1: Oh wow, I never even considered that that would have an explanation. Yeah, 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 You want to have seven hundred
0: episodes, Cody? They had to do some world building somewhere
1: i just i disagree which is why my world's the way it is i know anyways. cody i know
0: you always do anyways keep going
1: so this uh this one i realize is kind of half flora and fauna and half geography so man you're
0: me. turning into me
1: um so this this first part is uh, a journal entry from a uh, a teen named finn parents must think we're so dumb i know sql <laughs> is fake all of us do but whatever, at least I get out of my house for a little bit. My two best friends, Selena and Brig, are coming, which is great. Brig is like the toughest guy I know, and Selena's been my best friend forever. Anyways, so my mom says SQL has finally had a need for us. Ooh, big surprise. There's some desperate need for the optimism of youth or whatever <laughs> to defeat something. <laughs> I for sure did not listen to anything that she was saying. Sounds like good cool. But we all end up meeting at the train station. Our parents are there hugging us and taking pictures and talking about how rewarding their SQI quests were. What total BS. But whatever, time with my friends will be nice. Anyways, it was embarrassing, but we finally got sent off. Honestly, what I am most worried about is that my mom may have bought the romance option. I have heard it is painful and like, I'm going to date eventually. I don't need help. I just don't want some weird creature making giant moony eyes at me and trying to have deep conversations (laughs) in starlight. My friend Leo said it was awful everywhere they went. She was just always there falling over and starting to monologue about friendship (laughs) and caring and all this Uh, stuff. Barf. But I don't really think my parents would do that. All right. So here's a, a say, brief ex. I will say, really quick, you do that voice really well. I. Yeah, it's just supposed to be like a the, joking, like way exaggerated Ash Ketchum voice. Yeah, yeah. And you, like, I've heard that voice in an anime before. Yeah, a 30 year old woman pretending like she's talking like a 15 year old boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's always a woman, though. It's always like a 30 year old Yes, woman. it is. It's so funny to me. Um,. So this is this would be an example of like a brief consultation from SQI delivered to parents. Okay. Um, okay, so if you're looking to send your young one on an adventure, there are really two main things aside from the emotional stakes that we need to handle. And that is the location and the bestiary. Now the locations, there's a handful. And as far as beasts go... Sky's the limit. You can mix and match these any way that you see fit. But starting off with our locations, we have Peril Quest Mountains. Now, this is an all time favorite. It's a classic. It features dangerous drops, rock climbing, waterfalls, and of course, dark hidden caves. It's an amazing place. Everyone always loves it. We have the Dark Root Forest. It's an alive forest that'll try to capture your kids. <laughs> it's great. Living vines plenty of places for creepy monsters to hide, cute places like little babbling brooks and some nice like sunned areas where the trees start to thin. This is a favorite for your more intellectual children, kind of your poets out there. This is where you should send them. Then we have the fathom caverns. This is this is a place for the bold, all right? It's very dark. You can't be a, you can't have you can't send someone here who has a lot of fear of dark or claustrophobia. It's a lot of spelunking, a lot of blind monsters, creeping tentacles, that kind of thing. Of course, totally safe, but we just want you to be aware of what trauma your children might face. <laughs> then there's the mothership. Now, this is a new addition. It's a little weird. This one's fully simulated. It's an alien mothership floating above lore. Obviously, totally fictitious. We feed them into what is essentially a fancy roller coaster. And then they wake up in a in an entirely simulated mothership full of scary alien monsters. But you know, for your for your new cell phone using young people, this one has been shown to be quite effective. You know, we have Spook Town, a Halloween classic. You know, a, a abandoned town full of monsters. You you can fill in fill in the blank. There's the past. This is one full of mystery just simply a ravine leading between two giant mountains. Who knows what might lurk around every corner? And then finally, there's high school. This is often the most traumatizing and challenging, (laughs) and we suggest only sending the most confident and assured of themselves children to high school. This is the one that has the most possible negative side effects. As far as the bestiary, we have all manner of wear things you could imagine. Whatever your teen might want to wear of. Wear possums, we've done it. Wear mermaids, we've <laughs> done it. You know. It. Sure, werewolves, we got them, don't worry about it. Vampires, of course, always a classic, both as a romance option and as a monster. Golems, in case you want them to fight rocks. Scientific experiments gone wrong, giant reptiles and aliens, all options. Now, the great thing here is you're allowed to mix and match any of these. Do you want to have vampires in the mothership? We've done it. Do you want to have, I don't know, giant reptiles and dark root forest? A classic. There is a nightmare for every child from SQI. All right. And now finally, I'm going to talk about the reality of the Island of Lore and what animals are actually oh there. God. So the Island of Lore is actually incredibly dangerous. Um, Like there are monsters. Like all of those things that I just mentioned exist in real life and can be found if you go off the beaten trail. <laughs> um so lore is a place yeah there's like trains connecting little towns villages and cities all across this island but if that train stops someplace and you just walk left up into a mountain you'll probably find a dragon or like if you stumble into a swamp there's a swamp monster there like there are living trees that want to kill people it's a very dangerous land okay so i just
0: i just want to make sure that i am on like the right thinking so this is like the actual, like, anime thing is, like, it's a simulated, like, adventure experience. Like, they're not in any real danger, but on the island, these things do exist, but the part that the kids are actually going to is pretty much simulated, correct?
1: Uh, yeah, so when I say simulated, like, my imagining of this is that it's never quite explained how it's simulated, 100%, <laughs> but it's very, like, um gosh, what was that show that everyone went nuts for? Westworld. Yeah. It's got like okay, that Westworld okay, vibe okay. where it feels very real, but you can find the edges and all the kids have figured it out. Yeah, they like, all
0: know that it's not like the real big adventure. It's basically a theme park.
1: Yeah. Cause like one of, you know, at some point in, the, cause this has been going on. So, well, this yeah, we'll in this one kid figured out a then little bit. Propagate it. Well, and I say one kid, fig- like a lot of kids would figure it out. Cause imagine if you were a kid going on any regular adventure with your current set of skills, like, Yeah, probably you would drop your sword and get decapitated, right? Um, So enough people screw up and then the kid gloves get put on or they like take a punch and it doesn't actually hurt them enough. And they're like 13. They're not, they're not, Disney World doesn't work on them anymore. So everyone has figured out that this is like kind of a farce. Um, But the fiction is that young adventurers are needed for their optimism, for their childlike wonder. (sighs) and sqi contracts with the government to match the right kid to the right oh. adventure that that is false you know it's just like it's what they say yeah you know this is the line to disney world so like the um, theme but it's for not the anime is like oh yeah
0: you're a ninja kid who's going to be going out and fighting the war that's not actually happening you're just going to go and f- like punch a few guys and throw a, ch- uh, a kunai at someone
1: yeah, well, it'd be like if Ash found out that Gary was following him to keep tabs on him and the mob boss worked with Professor Oak yeah. and was also an adult keeping an eye on him. That's basically what the expectation okay. is, you know. Um, <clears throat> But we will get into that in society history and society current. But that is the end of Florence. I, I, I really like it. I, <laughs> I I like your
0: almost cynical look at this type of thing. Like you, you, come, you come to these like episodes with such like a, a cynicism, and I, I like what you do with that cynicism.
1: This one's a little bit cynical. Oh, it's this one's like a cynical. little bit. a mean, little bit, but I like it. It makes me, it makes me happy. It, it, it
0: makes me smile. I enjoy what you're doing, but yeah, you always come to like the ones I'm really excited about with like a cynicism, and it's just like yeah, whatever. Okay.
1: Well, I figured you were going to be, like, straight up with this one, well, so yeah. I had to
0: do something weird. Of course I'm going to be straight up with, like, the one thing I actually know really well, other than um, magic. <laughs> okay. Right? This is my society history, and this is what it like. This is definitely an anime. <laughs> so, as most people know, everything started with Orn. The world before the Cataclysm was brilliant and striving with life, but it was never necessarily peaceful. Paradise Forest was a separate piece from the rest of the world, so thus they never experienced the harsh histories that made up the other five countries. Orn and its leaders were all about advancement and the spread of prosperity. They used the crystalline flowers to create powerful magics with the hope of spreading their rule to the rest of the world. On the outskirts of Orn were the labs in which they combined these magics to, into special items that will be used to help take more land. They tried to spread into the other five countries, taking over the land, manipulating the other leaders through violence. Finally, the other countries had enough of the continued push of oppression by Orn and lashed out against them, in an attempt to cripple Orn so they could not continue to advance their goals. They performed an allied attack on the Orn labs, destroying them with fire and earth magics. They collapsed the buildings and burned the magical artifacts. In the attack, the director of Orin Labs, Holden Elditch, lost his one and only beloved daughter to the fires. To him, she was an innocent in Orin's proxy wars, only interested in the magics that her father created. Holden was devastated in losing his only living family and vowed to bring back what was stolen from him. He rebuilt his labs and devoted every minute into creating powerful magical items. He began taking in massive amounts of crystalline flowers to work with, and requesting samples both living and non of both living and non-living subjects in order to fully understand the magic he was making. He provided the country of Orn with magical artifacts of unthinkable power, weapons, armor, and items that could change the course of the world permanently. Orn planned to use these so they could subjugate the four other countries. Though with knowledge of Eldritch's work, the other countries worked to either steal hide, or destroy the magical items of Orn. Despite their efforts, Orn was slowly becoming the most powerful entity in Amakaze. That's when Eldish created the item he had been wanting since the death of his daughter. He called it the White Glove. He called it the White Glove. It sounded like I said love i want to say glove yeah, I
1: thought yeah you did he say called it the white love and i was like he called what?
0: it the white glove i don't know why my voice is like decided not to pronounce the g glove in order to create this ultimate magic he used a glove made from clear crystalline flowers and absorbed a bit of every single type of energy from the world including life energy from humans and animals the last piece of his puzzle was the energy from a fallen star with this power Elditch would be able to tear open the heavens and retrieve the soul of his lost daughter, returning her to life. May. Though wary that the magic he created was too unstable, he also created a contingency plan. A sword of the negative energy to the white glove's positive energy. This sword was made up of pure black crystalline flowers and he named it the Midnight Peril. It was the only thing that could combat or even destroy the glove. Eldish practiced with the glove, destroying the resistance forces from the other countries. He became cruel, learning to end the life, then bring it back only to end it again. Finally, when he was ready, he used the glove to tear open the heavens, but its power was too unstable. The hole he tore into the heavens collapsed, sending down a white light <laughs> and erasing life in Amakaze. Oh Anime, God. you expected this not to be ridiculous? Elditch was destroyed by the light, but the white glove he created remained intact, and was surrounded by a thick, opaque crystal, buried deep beneath the ruins of Orn. Holden Eldritch was still sorry, Holden Elditch's will was still very strong, and his mind along with his memories survived the white light. The remnants of Elditch, Elditch's life force, solidified into a small round black crystal. His spirit is waiting for someone to come across the dense crystal so he can take over their body and rise again. Even with his thoughts within the crystal, he has not given up on his goal and plans to one day find the white glove and utilize it to open the heavens again. If he fails a second time, he believes he can simply erase all life and start the world over from scratch, living as a god. With the Cataclysm of Orn, the memories of the five countries only remain as legends. Their laws and governments were dissolved with the erasure of the population and the rebirth through Paradise Forest. No one who originated from Orin remains, only the black crystal of Eldage. A few people from the four other countries survived the cataclysm, and from within they hold some of the power of the white glove. Only these people or their descendants can utilize the midnight peril and stop Eldage, should he rise again. They escaped the Paradise Forest not knowing the power they held inside. In Paradise, with the return of the great adventurers Jess and Marcus, they created Arya, the adventuring school that sits on the outskirts of Paradise between the forest and the Waste. Jess specialized in adventuring, and despite growing up as just a normal treehouse kid in Paradise, her genius was seen in how she explored the Waste. She was smart and clever, which led to her finding many treasures. Marcus, on the other hand, specialized in growing and cultivating crystalline flowers. He was able to cultivate many new magics and even find a use for some of the more obscure items that were found. Together, they decided to gather other great adventurers to help teach the youth of Paradise how to survive in the Waste. The elders decided that though they did not like the idea of sending the youth into the Waste, having kids learn at Aria first was the best option. If you want to access the waste for exciting adventures and find your own treasure, you must pass all of your classes. Some are hands on, others are general education. But it's everything to prepare you to be a great adventurer. There have been many teachers in and out of the adventuring school, all former adventurers of the waste, and all specializing in a different area of adventuring from speed to fighting the giant reptiles and insects. The symbol of the school is the first treasure ever brought back from the ruins of Orn, the sword of a of pure black crystalline flowers the midnight peril and that is my society history anime as heck
1: Yep, that was pretty anime white glove tearing a hev- hole into heaven yeah and, then and the, raining down and yeah and light. then the
0: yeah. sword that can only thing that can combat it it's also called the midnight peril which i think is like the most anime name for a sword <laughs> it has like you know magic flowers and like the countries at war but now like it's just this great adventuring so of course if you adventure out in the way it's like the episodes of this anime will be like, oh yeah, each one you would like discover a new like you know big thing, or, like maybe discover like ancient secrets that were buried from the four or five countries, like it's that kind of thing. I, I yeah. made an anime and I was I very proud of
1: myself. <laughs> All right, here we go. You ready for section three? Your
0: cynicism is welcomed.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, this is where things go a little off the rails. Well, my life is over. My mom bought me the romance option. Ugh! Okay, so here's what goes down. Wait, does Ash screw Pikachu? Hold on. Uh, Hang on. Pika, Pika! (laughs) Me, Brig, and Selina are all on the train when all of a sudden the door slams open and this girl's standing there. She just stares at me and then she tries to, like, store her luggage up in the luggage rack, and somehow trips and falls into my arms. We make eye contact, and then, like, clockwork. She gets all blushy and embarrassed, and then she starts monologuing about some emotional story, backstory crap. Meanwhile, Brig and Selena are in hysterics. Then, they wouldn't stop calling her my girlfriend. I will never forgive my parents. The weird thing is, She would just go slack face whenever we would point out that she was clearly a plant and that we didn't want to hang out with her. And then, like, she would just go back and start repeating her sappy canned backstory again or something. Look, I only
0: have five lines, K kid? Just get over it.
1: (laughs) Eventually, we started kind of ignoring her and planning on just ditching her as soon as the train stopped. Then she just kind of left in a weird fugue state. Dear Parents, The derailment of the train due to mysterious circumstances is not our fault, and we are legally not responsible for your children until they arrive at the beginning place of their given quest. Considering the children never made it to the appropriate starting point, it is not the responsibility of SQI to guarantee the safe return of your children or to assist in their rescue in any way. Furthermore, we would like to inform you of some of our new exciting deals we are running at the moment. Right now, it is 10 for the price of 9 on adventures with premium content and a long timeline. Though this in no way implies responsibility, we can inform you that the derailment happened near the historic village of Black Lagoon. We suggest contacting local authorities or booking tickets for that area. We thank you for your patronage and hope we can count on your business in the future. Also. There may have been a bug with some of the romance options. We want to make it clear they do not represent any danger, but for now, we are discontinuing this option to guarantee quality and believability of the experience. <laughs> that was a letter sent to the parents of Finn, she, Brig, and Selena after their train derailed. god
0: gone rogue. I can see this turning into a horror story really quick where your romance option like tries to butcher you.
1: Um. Okay, so we're going to talk about history now, like okay. the history of this world. So... As I said, in Flora and Fauna, the island of lore is incredibly dangerous. And throughout the history of this land, it was like, not a rite of passage necessarily, but extremely typical that kids would be called to go on adventures for exactly the reasons that I mentioned before. It was something where a sense of optimism or whimsy or, like, a staunch determinism, or, like, characteristics that you would only find in young people were needed in order to complete the quest, so kids would always have to go on these really dangerous quests. However, these quests would sometimes be to go and fight an elder dragon, and sometimes the kids would die. And in the age of modern technology, it has been decided that meat-grindering children into these ridiculous quests was becoming unpalatable. But, originally, it was very commonplace. Like, the reason why now there is a need for SQI to exist is because the the entire history of this culture was almost based around these childlike adventurers. So, it'd be like, growing up, you would constantly hear stories of Link, and then kids would turn 13, and their parents would have to be like... Yeah, but could you not be Link? You know, could you not be the hero of time? But naturally, that's what kids yeah. are going to want to do. And also, um, it's hard to tell kids yeah. what to do, you know? they'll If, if parents squeeze too tight, the kids would just slip and run off and start having quests anyways. So, like, questing was, like, contagious. It seemed like no matter how hard people tried, they could not keep kids from going on incredibly dangerous quests to incredibly dangerous locations because not only were there like horrible creatures waiting around every corner, just getting there was unsafe, you know? Um, So it's kind of like this duality existed in this world of one, as the society began to modernize, um, people didn't want their kids running off all the time. And on the other hand, though, all of the stories, all of the fairy tales, all of the history was about, like teenage quest havers and like frequently parents would have gone on quests and then told their kids about it. And then also been like, but you guys shouldn't go on quests. So this was kind of like the tension that led to the creation of SQI, which we will talk about in the fourth section.
0: Okay, Interesting. Such cynicism. (laughs) I like it. Uh, I appreciate you anyways. So like I said, this last part, is going to be like, I'm going to do the society current right now. And then I'll tell like the story I would tell. But like I said, I wanted this to be more open and I don't want to like have my worlds always be like shoehorning you to specifically doing a specific story. So like, if you ever wanted to like, if we did the thing that we've done where it's like, Oh, write a story in your um, co-host world. Like you could do this without specifically having to write my story. Anywho, that being said, yeah, Here's my society current. Going through adventuring school is tough. You would think upon looking at the big tacky building with the two heroes of paradise, Jess and Marcus standing in front of it, it would be all fun and games. But no, if you want to make it through adventuring school and be allowed into the waste, you must be ready for the four hardest years of your life. The teachers of the adventuring school run the curriculum by the elders of paradise first before creating their classes. The elders believe that if the curriculum is too easy, then many foolish children will die in the waste, so they plan to test your limits at every turn. You must be at least 14 in order to enter ARIA, testing in on both an intelligence test and a physical test. If you fail the test, you must wait until the next semester to join the school. It is looked upon as a great honor to pass the test and enter ARIA. Some people, after failing the test, will go back to the normal idyllic life of paradise with the why bother attitude. Not everyone in paradise dreams of being an adventurer. It's much safer to work in paradise to make sure that the village runs smoothly and to work to cultivate the crops on the outskirts in order to spread the borders of paradise out into the waste. The elders believe that they can continue to expand paradise and regain some of the life that was lost in the Orn Cataclysm. If you make it into Aria, you must pass through the four grades. If you fail a class, you can always retake it. But if you fail too many, you will have to repeat that year of adventuring school. As you continue on, the difficulty of each grade increases until in your fourth year, you are doing small research expeditions out into the waste with your class mentors. Upon completing all four years of school, you receive a grand graduation ceremony and the Mark of Excellence a tattoo of the Black Peril, which means that you will be able to venture out into the Waste without a teacher from Aria. Only those who have the Black Peril tattoo are legally allowed into the Waste on their own, though there are those ruffians who try to bypass venturing school and travel into the Waste for their own grand story. Unfortunately, most of these people are snuffed out by the dangers of the Waste, but those who are skilled or just lucky become outlaws of paradise, living out in the unknown. From there, these gangs have created their own marked tattoos and usually bring trouble to the official adventurers. These marked bandits either try to steal the adventurers' treasures and research, attack them out of jealousy, or try to test the adventurers' skills. These ruffians have their own reason for bypassing Aria and can be very dangerous. Most people try to avoid them, but there is a special group of adventurers who are tasked with hunting down these ruffians and bringing them to justice. Everyone who travels out into the Waste, whether adventurer or ruffian, has a special magic item they take with them. Some like to carry attack magics so they can fend off the dangers in the Waste. Others have magics that can help them travel easier, like flying magic boots And some even have things that can help increase their senses in order to help with research or to find other magical items. The Waste is filled with many unknown magics from either before the Cataclysm or magic that was left by the Fallen Adventurers after the Cataclysm. You can find some very powerful items out in the Waste. If that isn't your style, you can also find crystalline flowers to increase your item's power. The Young Adventurers looking to be accepted in the school either are pass down an item from a family member who has braved the waste before them, or they make their own item in school. Though there have been a few people who have traveled to the waste itemless in order to test their luck in, in finding magics of their own. Many adventurers have traversed the waste and made history in their own way. Some people have set up permanent camps in the waste or even shops, making and trading magical items. There is still so much of the waste to explore, and despite the amount of people who have left paradise, still no one has stumbled upon the Eldritch Crystal or the White Glove. Though those items... Sorry, I'm just going to skip that sentence. That sentence doesn't matter. Those items are calling out to people. Who cares? The Elders have forbidden use of Life Force Crystals or the Purple Crystals of Maw. Or is it Mire? I think it's the Purple Crystals of Mire. Anyways, those Purple Crystals are actually not toxic, but are made up of the negative energy that was released after the Oran Cataclysm. The negative energy is toxic to humans. These crystals, if used right, can grant the user great and dangerous powers. There are some ruffians with the hopes of obtaining the power of these crystals and conquering the Waste. If you have left the Waste without receiving the adventurer's mark, you are exiled from paradise. Some fear if they return, they will face the wrath of powerful former adventurers. Others believe that if they gain access to the radiant or purple crystals, they can defeat any adventurer of paradise and return to their home. But no one has yet breached into paradise from the outside. The Waste is a vast land, calling for those to come explore it. If you are strong enough, you can survive four years at Aria and get your mark. Anything is possible in the Waste. Adventure is always waiting. And so that's the world and now... My, the story i would tell was centered around a young boy named theo his parents were both former adventurers but upon their last trip into the waste they never returned as you know every single shonen protagonist doesn't have parents or they have one parent or the other <laughs> parents magical anyways since then he has been dying to enter the um, Aria, so he can get his mark and venture into the Waste. He wants to find out what happened to his parents and find his own adventure in the Waste like they did before they disappeared. He is joined by his two best friends, Amaryllis and Topaz. Amaryllis uses wind magic and Topaz uses fire magic.
1: Hang on. No, I just, I want to say I'm glad that in both of ours, they're joined. Cause that is anime. Friends. You're always joined by your two best friends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so Else uses wind magic and Tobaz uses fire magic, while Theo tries to excel at a few different types of magic. His two friends excel at Aria, while he only gets middling grades. He is constantly pestered by his rival Kane, who completely resents him because Kane's parents were ruffians hunted down by Theo's parents. We got the rival. So the first part of the anime will follow Theo throughout school and constant challenges by his rival until Kane flunks out and decides to leave Paradise to become a ruffian. At the end of the, the um, season, both Amarillus and Topaz pass the final exam and graduate while Theo, through kind of dumb circumstances, fails. He sees his friends off to the waste and vows to graduate, but soon he realizes his old rival, Kane, has joined up with a group that wants to destroy Paradise. So Theo finds out that the Midnight Sword is calling him and using its power, he's able to drive off Kane and the Lavender Gang and with his heroic deeds and the fact that he's the one who can use the midnight peril he is granted an honorary mark and joins his friends in adventuring into the waste and along the way they face kane and other bandits who are trying to gain the power to rule the waste and like 300 episodes later he will eventually have to stop kane who has become possessed by holden Eldridge and wants to use the white glove to become a god or something who knows so that's like <laughs> the story i would tell like that would be my anime that i would set in this world but that doesn't have to be the only one that exists. Anyways, Cody, it's your turn to close us out with your world.
1: All right, here we go. Well, I'm really not sure now. For the most part, it was what I expected. We went on what I guess you could consider your standard quest. There were bandits seeking magical objects, an evil necromancer, and at the end of the day, we were able to save the day. What's weird is how realistic it got. Like, some of those decapitations seemed legit. I mean, the blood (laughs) sprays. Super realistic. Also, it was pretty gruesome in some of the body horror departments. We saw people get unmade. Which I'm kind of surprised they would put in a quest for, like, 13-year-olds. But, hey, there you have it. I guess we really got the premium package, you know? I had always heard from people that the quests were pretty relaxed, kind of lackluster. Like it was very obvious that for sure this was fake, but I don't know. Now it really felt like at any moment, one of those swords might've really cut off one of our heads. Also, I was figuring that there was going to be like a moral or like this big emotional moment. Like that's kind of a hallmark of SQI, but now nah, it's just a bunch of fighting nightmares our innocence or like our childhood wonder or optimism that was really never tested or used really though. The surprise was after the, after the track, we lost track of our romance option. I cannot remember her name, but anyways, we were like, great. We ditched her. But halfway through the quest, right? As we were in a shootout with an evil sheriff and his hellhounds, she comes back and starts trying to kill us. It was like really annoying briggs swears the knife that she slashed at him with was real like he kind of had a little cut from it anyways she just kept popping up she would monologue about how she was real or something she deserved love and life (laughs) blah 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 you know standard standard sqi stuff in the end i think she was crushed by the giant stone head of the gorgon i think I can't really remember, though. Man, I can't remember her name. It just kind of didn't fit into the occult quest we went on. I guess what's really shocking, though, is when we got home, my mom acted all surprised to see me. Like, she was doing this whole act. She hugged me and cried. She was so worried. I mean, like, get over it. You knew this was going to happen. It was like she was shocked that we had made it (laughs) back or something. Brig and Selena's parents were the same. Gotta say, though, if I get to uh, go with Brig and, Sa- I said Sabrina this time, Selena again, I could do another SQI quest. It wasn't that bad, even if it was fake. I um, love
0: that so much.
1: <laughs> so, Society Modern is, um, SQI was basically the solution yeah. to this problem. At first, it did start out as like, the middleman between the government or like whatever ruling bodies need adventurers, they would talk to SQI and SQI would send people that were competent, and then like eventually that became pretty lucrative, and as time went on, it just kind of transitioned into being this like, um, what's it, like like a a vacation agency? What's that called? Um, yeah. a travel agency. It kind of transitioned to becoming like an adventurer's travel agency where they just kind of like made really nice adventures. They had like pre-scripted things. They had actors and they would send people on them. Um, and just over time, they just keep ramping things up. You know, they get better at what they're doing. They get better settings and it gets more believable. Um, and that's where we're at right now. They've really turned a corner into extremely believable danger. Okay. So um, did
0: their train actually derail or was that part of the, um,
1: game? You'll never Dude. Know. Cody, nice. <laughs> where does it begin and where does it end? It's ambiguous. Is SQI actually crumbling at the seams? Is they inadvertently made murderous romance? I, mean, I do really like or that like, Or Is kind that all part of it?
0: Villain was the um, murderous romance option who's like struggling with like, am I real or am I fake
1: type thing? I also. I was, like, trying to come up with a name for it. I'm like, yeah, no, it's just the like, romance option. What? They, like, never remember her name. They just God, ignore yours her. Yours will be a really,
0: like, comedic anime. That would be so funny.
1: Well, like, imagine, like, you you know what I'm talking about, though. Like, in all these animes, there's always yeah. the romance option, you know? like the, And it's always just, like, someone with giant eyes. It's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy to see you! And I'm like, what if you just ignored her, though? <laughs> and were just mean? And then she was like her brain just shorted out and she's like now i must i do. deserve
0: love dude seriously i love what you did that's cynical but really funny
1: yeah yeah i i uh yes I most people that. should know it by
0: now you're happy. the funny one of us too the
1: the names too of brig and selena i'm like oh there's brig is such a good name for like the yes. strong best friend you know yeah, it's just
0: Brock. Brock. Just Brock it's just and, Brock Misty, and Misty but
1: Brock and Selena. <laughs> Although at least Brock and Misty were like what I think Misty was supposed to be like fourteen and Brock was supposed to be like Yeah, but in my mind, 17.
0: Ash was actually like sixteen, Brock, uh Misty was like eighteen and Brock was like twenty two. But nope. that's not what really I know that's no. not what really happened, but no. like Ash was like twelve I or think thirteen. Ash, wasn't was he? Like 12. Yeah. Ash was supposed
1: to be like twelve. Yeah. Ash is supposed to be like twelve. I think is supposed to be Which is funny because Brock Misty is, is a gym 80, leader, 16? but she's only like fourteen.
0: <laughs> But also, like yeah, she but ju- I mean, she's just a we'll frickin- workout
1: guru. That's all she is. Well, and like I'm trying to. Are there ever really? Oh, I guess the 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 elite four. Are like yeah, adults, they're supposed right? to be yes. But I'm just saying there aren't that many adult Pokemon trainers. It seems like a kid's game.
0: Yeah, and also Pokemon's not the only anime.
1: <laughs> no, I know, but it does have a lot of tropes that I then yeah you know, I mean, latched on to. No, but I also I-, I just wanted to keep it vague. Where, like, at some point, it's like, does it matter what no. they're fighting? Like, no, they're in a shootout with a sheriff and hellhounds. There's a giant stone gorgon. Eh. <laughs> don't worry about it. They almost it's, get decapitated. Really that's I, the I thought that was
0: really funny. <laughs> Anyways, Cody, is that, is that all you got? Yeah, that's... that's uh, Okay, cool. We finally get to the conversation I would have after this episode. Anyways, Cody, what are your plugs? Actually, no, I have to roll for the next world. No, you don't. Well, I mean, we'll, yeah, no, we're going to... We'll Keep it on deck,
1: okay. Yeah, I guess you could roll for what we're gonna do after, yeah, the next
0: roll it and keep think. it on deck. But, like, yeah, I'm yeah. um, f- surprised we're gonna do the other um audio drama unless well, we can't get the people
1: together to read the lines. In which yeah, case, yeah, if we
0: can't get the people together, we'll go back to worlds, but like, we're gonna start writing the other audio.
1: My drama. point is, if a world comes out next week, you know, me and Jordan had a bad week, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you know, it was bad. I mean, yeah. something happened, anyway. An so, event.
0: the one mm-hmm. I rolled was. 16 setting for a new action movie Ooh. so like honestly i think this one has already been done so well like john wick the setting for a new action movie john wick that's was true. like the best the best you could have but I, i'm excited about this one this one will be fun
1: anywho cody now you can do it. what are your plugs check me out at the wandering gamer network everywhere
0: this is getting, like, lazier and lazier every time. I just like, get you tired used, of like, saying Wandering it. Like, Gamer, it's like, we stream and stuff, and now it's just like, check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network. If you can find it, it's it's going to be somewhere.
1: It's mostly a podcast, but we're also on YouTube sometimes on Twitch, and, uh...
0: And on OnlyFans.
1: Geocities, I think? <laughs> you are
0: not on Geocities.
1: <laughs> no, but we are on OnlyFans, though. Yes.
0: Yeah, I know. That strip tease you did the other day was very, very, very erotic. But also
1: weird. <laughs> I have a funny story about OnlyFans and TikTok. Oh, but I'll say it anyways, off air. you can
0: check me out at something. Yeah, zero zero. I will hopefully have time this month to actually stream some horror games like I used to during the October spooky season. But who knows? Because my schedule is really bad right now. Um, and also you can check out my other podcast, the Side Characters Podcast, um, which is also on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes.
1: Anyways, that's all I've got, Cody. Anything else? No, I'm good. That's it.
0: Okay, cool. You can catch us on the flip side. Or on OnlyFans. (laughs) Say bye. Please, for the first time in three weeks, say bye. Catch me on OnlyFans. (laughs) Bye.
1: Anyways, bye!